This is the Christian Life Coach Collective, and I'm your host, Laura Malone. We're talking all things coaching, concepts, tips, tools, self-coaching, mindset, faith foundations, and definitely entrepreneurship because I want to support your calling as a coach and help you build a thriving online business with God as your CEO. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Here we go. Okay, so we're back with uh, Coach Patty, and we're talking about identity and purpose in this series. So we're going to wrap up today because we're talking about not just your identity and knowing who you are in God, and then you're, you know, discovering your purpose in life. But today we're talking about how to figure that out, how to pursue what your, what your specific calling is, your specific purpose in life, discovering more about your unique identity as a son or a daughter, as a, a man or woman of God, like, how do you go find those things? How do you figure them out? What kind of questions do you ask? And I want to start just by saying, number one, you can go into the show notes and there's something called digging for gold. And that's my workbook that asks you a lot of questions. It tells you kind of like how to dig into that for yourself, how to ask questions about, you know, what do I love doing? What does the, le- what is the first part of my story, my life story point to? How does it, how can I take from jobs I've had that I liked or didn't like and extract from that? What is it I liked about that? You know, I loved being a server in the restaurant business. Did that, that doesn't mean I loved serving food. <laughs> it means I loved connecting with the people in front of me. I loved the change because every day was different. Every table I served was different. I loved being able to help people have an experience. I loved giving them what they came out wanting to get. Now I can see all of those things outside of the restaurant, how they have played into other areas of my life, including coaching, my business, my ministry, my family. I see how I love to do some of the same things But nobody ever actually taught me to look at the job that I was in and go, what is it about this you love? And what is it about that job that you don't love that makes you never want to do that again? You know, like, let's just say, for instance, if I was working for an insurance company for mobile devices, did I love that? No. (laughs) What is it I didn't love about that? I didn't love being trapped in an office in a cubicle I didn't love the repetitiveness of it, the repetition. I didn't love the complaining, you know, like I could have looked at that and said, okay, these are definitely aspects that I do not want to create again for myself in life. I need different jobs than this. So Mm -hmm. the digging for gold workbook helps you figure out some questions that you can use to go dig for that gold that's inside of you. And extrapolate the nuggets, you know, and then put all these nuggets together. There's some part of it called outside input. It's texting some people in your life that know you really well and asking them some questions and then seeing how they might have some of the same answers about you from an external perspective. What is that? You know, if three different people say the same thing about you, that you, you know, you're a great teacher you should pay attention to that. Three different people said that. 
And then asking yourself, well, does what they say line up with what I think about myself? And, and then cultivating that into what am I called to? Like, what does this point towards? And how do I create a core message about my life and calling so that I can see like, what can I do with that? Is that, does that direct me to do better at the job I already have? Does it direct me to start my own business doing what I'm really created to do? You know, and it helps you just kind of figure that out. But Patty and I, we love a couple of different tools and resources out there in the world that a lot of people teach on or like specific people do really well that I think are really great for everybody to learn about because they help you get more specific about your identity and your purpose, your calling on the earth, right? So Patty, there's something that you work with and that you use that you've seen a lot of fruit from that you really believe in and love talking about. So tell us about the Nexus profile. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, the, and I love the digging for gold workbook, by the way, it's so rich and full of, um, tips and tools that you can use that will help you and lead you on your way to finding, um, your purpose. Because, um, I made a sign one time and the sign said there's gold in every piece of your story. And so, um, it's true. Um, and we just have to dig it out. We're called to dig it out. But um, I do love the Nexus profile. And, and the Nexus profile is um, designed to get at your core values. It's not a personality test. It um, asks, uh, uh, you align yourself with certain words. And all of these words in this test are positive words that you choose because you align with those words. And out of those words um, come uh, four core values and they're put into these categories and they are called, um, there's driver, there's a stabilizer, there's a solutionary and influencer. And when you take this test, it gives you your top two core motivations and your core values and motivations are things that never change throughout your whole life um, versus a personality test that would ask you a question like, okay, Laura and I are out for dinner and Laura spills her food on her self. What do I do? And that's part of my personality. A, I rush to help her. B, I chuckle. Uh, see, I understand that somebody should clean it up, but it's not going to be me or D I spill food on myself. So she doesn't feel bad anymore, <laughs> but okay. First of all, tell me which one you would do, which one's you, <laughs> I would rush to help you. <laughs> it's so true. You would while I was laughing and <laughs> asking somebody else if they could help too. And then <laughs> I'd probably do uh, all of them, all of the above. Um, but and your your core motivations that never change. So these top two uh, uh, core values are the ones that you operate most in. And so um, just quickly, like the driver is, and everybody is motivated um, by by something, and um, the motivations are for good in every circumstance. They're for good. So the driver is motivated um, by forward progress. 
And the stabilizer is motivated by data and information and safety and preparedness. And the solutionary is motivated by assess and solve, assess and solve. And the influencer is motivated by relational unity. So um, you, um, you find out how you operate in, in the top two. Usually you have a, a pretty a good score in the top two. Some people are more more rounded where uh, they don't have a, a particular um, one that they operate in more. Everybody has one that they operate in more than the other. So for me, I'm a profound driver. So if you if you score higher than 39 or above, you're profound in that category. So I'm a driver stabilizer. So and no matter what uh, core you are, there's tension between the two cores. So as a driver, I'm motivated by forward progress, but as a stabilizer, which is my second one, I understand the importance of data and information and process. And so I discovered that, um, uh, as a driver, I want to decide and do, but as a stabilizer, I actually discovered why I have so many books in my library that I've never read because I understand the importance of data and information, but I read a couple chapters and then I just want to go do. <laughs> so it was actually a great relief to me to know that um, this tension was good. And we're yeah. actually a a perfect mix of all four, whatever we are and whatever number that we are, um, we're a perfect mix of all four. And so we, we take the other three and they're just sort of a spice of, uh, on top of who we already are. And so, um, as a driver, I operate mostly in decide and do, and I'm okay with making mistakes and, um, that sort of thing. But there's other times when, um, part of the thing that I love about the Nexus profile is that I come to a better understanding of myself, which is mainly what it's for. But then the secondary purpose of the Nexus profile is so that I can understand the people around me. And it's often used a lot in big corporations for executives and staff and, and um, knowing the people that you work with and, and the camaraderie that you can learn to have together and honor one another in the way that God made you to be, because we're all made on purpose for a purpose. And that's why I love the next profile. Yeah, I am a solutionary. Yes. And I think it came up that it was solutionary driver. Yeah. So which driver and influencer were kind of close to each other. Oftentimes when I take different assessments, I end up being, you know, what the movie would call divergent. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. I end up being a uh, pretty level between a lot of different options inside of assessments. <laughs> right. That solutionary is what I think drives my desire to be, you know, my possibility coaching. Yes. I love creating I've, solutions, but I think that there's probably like 17 different solutions for every potential equation. <laughs> That's right. And that's what a solutionary does. They assess and solve. And so I love that. I love your gift mix of um, solutionary and driver because you can assess and solve. So, you know, basically you can figure it out and do it yourself, <laughs> which yes. is really great. But then the downfall to that is, and we all have a negative conflict strategy. Um, um, so 
at times, um, I'll just quickly tell you what the negative conflict strategies are. So as a driver, my negative conflict strategy is um, intimidation. So I can appear intimidating at times. And you know how those people that are, you know, out in front, and they're like, let's go, let's do this thing. And everybody else is like, wait a minute, we didn't, we didn't look at the data. And you forgot to ask me what I thought of it. And what about relational unity? And the driver's like, I'm going. And <clears throat> that can be intimidating. And and um, the stabilizer um, part is if you don't, if we're in a meeting and you don't consult me about the project that you're about to undertake when I did all these hours and hours of research and you don't even want to know what my data is, then I'm just going to pick up my, my report and I'm going to stomp out of the room. And um, as an influencer, if I believe in relational unity and you don't, then my negative conflict strategy is going to be um, uh, um, <clears throat> manipulation. So, and the um, the negative conflict strategy of the solutionary is to um, tear down um, what other people um, do. Like, okay, so you didn't like my solution. Well, yours wasn't very good either. And so I think the purpose of knowing that we all have a, a negative conflict strategy is so that we can learn as we honor one another in the way that we were made, fashioned and formed from the foundation of time, we can <clears throat> understand when we're getting to that point. So say you're driving along and you're going, 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 and everything is good. And all of a sudden the pressure is starting to rise. And, um, you feel like, okay, something's about to happen. So <clears throat> we talk about that in the Nexus profile as, is this a time to pivot? Is it a time for me to pivot into um, one of the other core motivators so that we don't have a big blow up here? And so <clears throat> and that's part of honoring somebody else in the way that they were made. And <clears throat> when we're operating in our negative conflict strategy, we're not walking in the fullness of our calling or identity. Right. That's really good. I, Cause you, with anything, any, any gift that you have that you overuse, misuse, or use out of timing can become, uh, can work against you. Right. And yeah. so we're all in this context of the nest, the nexus profile is like a four legged stool. And when you're using all four legs, then you're balanced and you're drawing from all four potential gifts that you can operate in. But when you're only leaning on two of those, you're spending a lot of energy exerting a lot of your energy, just leaning on two of those legs, you know, like your top two out of the four, but even more so are you out of balance when you're trying to only use one. And mm. that that's like, there's a lot of negative effects when you don't find balance in who you are and how you operate and what you bring to the table. You know, if you're always just a driver and you never learn how to see the value of the other three, not only in others, but in yourself, if you never learn how to um, compensate for how heavily gifted you are in this area and do what you can to learn how to use other aspects that you've, you know, God put in you, you're capable of those things, but you like one more than the other, or it works for you better than the others do because it's becomes more of a habit. And yeah. that, that, that neuro pathway that you constantly go back to using as opposed to learning how to 
you know, it's kind of like, I only know how to use my right hand, but you know, God forbid I break my, my right arm. I can no longer, and I can't, or my wrist and I can't write or do anything with my right hand because I've never practiced using my left. It's going to work against me. Yeah. And I think that's one of, uh, that is one of the key things about the Nexus profile and showing us that we are this perfect, unique mix of all four. And so nobody's uh, just a driver or just a solutionary. And while we tend to think that way, um, and we use those examples a lot when we're talking, when we're trying to explain what each one is, but the truth is that we're all a perfect mix of each of the uh, four categories. And, and as you're saying, like we're learning to not rely on just one, not operate on just one. We're learning to operate in the fullness of our calling by embracing all of the, um, the, all of the four profiles that we, we are and the little spice that makes us who we are. Yeah. We've got to have some spice, right? So yeah, gotta have some spice. <laughs> gotta have the spice in there. Make it interesting. So I love all of that. I love how you teach and use the Nexus profile because it's really um beneficial. I think a lot of people haven't heard about it yet that I'm right. so excited to introduce it to my listeners. Yeah. And then, you know, you and I have talked a lot for many years now about the Enneagram and just that context being something you can use to um understand understand more about your specific identity and that how when you know more about your identity and how you're created then you can learn more like I said with the digging for gold workbook there's questions that help you dig deeper to find out why and well what would that be useful for and so when we know more about our identity using things like the Nexus profile and the Enneagram, then we can ask questions. Well, what would that strength or that gifting or that desire point to inside of our purpose? And I teach the Enneagram from the perspective of what I call the original design Enneagram. And so the Enneagram is basically a, a nine different personality types. And even though we have access to all of all nine types, the type is because your personality is like a mask. And in two episodes ago, when in this series, I was talking about how your personality really, it expresses ways that we like to cover up and protect ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And we do things to kind of cover up that masterpiece by protecting what we are worried the world will come after the enemy, you know, like the, the mud, the world throws on us, the marker, the enemy scratches across us and the oil that we try to use to cover up and protect ourselves. So the personality is kind of like that mask that we have on, on top of who God really designed us to be. It's a lot. And if we, if we look at the personality kind of existing in our soul, mm. not, and you know, but the, the real masterpiece of who God designed us to be within our spirit. So when we start letting our spirit rise up to lead our soul, we find that truer awake identity rise up and it helps us to shed some of the things that we try to do to mask ourselves. 
but the Enneagram speaks to nine different storylines that we want. We pick up one and run with it. You know, in childhood, we decide to to use this storyline to explain to us to ourselves why the world doesn't always feel safe, loving, peaceful, whatever it is we are looking for, because we're uniquely designed to, um, to be able to see the world. It's a perspective. It's a storyline that we have a, like, that's how we interpret and perceive the world around us. So when we look at it that way, then the nine types are the way that I speak to them, I look at them from the context of who God called us to be. And then the personality side of it is uh, not always a positive viewpoint. So a lot of people teach the Enneagram from the perspective of the negative human bias that we have. We, we're often able to see ourselves more from the negative than we are able to find out about ourselves based on the positive. And mm. So the type one, I call the goodness and holiness champion, and some teachers call them the reformers. The two is the loving and kind friend or the helper. The three is the motivated and inspiring leader or the achiever. The four is the depth and identity creator or the individualist. The five is the wise and insightful counselor or the investigator. And the six is the faithful village caretaker or the loyalist. The seven is the freedom and potential releaser, the enthusiast. The eight is the mm -hmm. powerful life-giving defender or the challenger. And then the nine is the balanced and peaceful connector or the peacemaker. So mm -hmm. as I prayed and like just to create the original design Enneagram from this, I prayed and asked the Lord, like, tell me at the root system, you know, we can see through our personalities how as we show up in life, the storyline, the perspective, the interpretation that we have of the world around us, they're all coming from different places. They're all nuanced by our family, our culture, all of these different, our experiences. And as I was praying over them, I'm like, I really sought the Lord for how do I name or label each of the nine types and the mm -hmm. types the numbers don't have any meaning. There's no hierarchy. One is not better or higher than nine. It's just nine. It's like an abbreviated way. I'm a, I'm a type nine. That's an abbreviated way. So that inside of language, you don't have to say, well, I'm the person who believes this. And right. it's just like, no, that's the summary of the storyline that I operate from. And it goes back to deeper motivations, right? So that storyline of I have to, I believe that I have to um, create unity around me in order to feel, you know, safe or to feel loved or what to meet my needs. I have to create this storyline and then I see everything that happens in my life according to this perspective. So I was praying like, Lord, I know a lot of the, the labels and the names of these types, a lot of times they have negative connotations to us. You know, the peacemaker, the peacekeeper, uh, which one do you want to be? Like, do you, the achiever doesn't always feel good to an achiever. 
mm-hmm. if they're trying to get free from being an achiever, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? Mm-hmm. Like, tell me, because we're revealing the character and nature of our father through our personality and through our identity, right? And so that sanctified version, the awake version of our personality, I heard the Lord just give me these names. And like the type one, the reformer, or often at that times are called the perfectionist. I'm like, no, the positive side, the the side of like, be who you're becoming. It's because you're a champion of goodness. It's you're a champion of holiness. You want long to see the perfection of heaven be revealed on earth. And the liability side to that can be perfectionism. You know, and it's like, let's see both sides. Let's not just focus on one. But if every strength has a weakness, then every weakness has a strength. So let's go see what both both sides of the coin can tell us, you know? And then to me, the goal of the Enneagram, specifically with a Christian uh, focus, like I believe that God will use any tool we have on our tool belt. He will speak to us using whatever we are in front of and whatever's in front of us and the people around us. And so for me, having the Enneagram as simply a tool, not a full answer, it doesn't replace anything, specifically doesn't replace the Bible, the word and a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So when I look at it from this context of, I want to let God speak to me because I have language, you know, as a type nine, the language that I'm constantly looking through the lens of connection and disconnection, constantly looking at life through this in the lens of balanced or extreme, uh, having interpreting things as, you know, is there unity in the room? And if there isn't, Am I supposed to do something about it? Like, how am I, what's my part to play? And the thing, it, it impacts the things that I value, that I carry about, care about the, the things that I worry about, you know? So it's this underlying motivation that we're not all really awake to and aware of for a good portion of our life. But once it opens up this language to us, then we start going, oh, That makes sense because we start, you know, even in the Nexus profile, they, and every assessment, people generally believe that everybody else is like them to some, to whatever degree, like the world this way. I just assume that's how people see the world. Like if you do this, it means this. No, if, if you do that, it means that, but when I do it, it means this. And understanding like this language of, wow, a driver does things that a driver does because that's what a driver knows to do. But if they don't understand that there are other people in the world that are not drivers, they can stop comparing and judging everybody according to that ruler. And it's the same in the Enneagram. It's like, my motivation is not yours. Even if our behavior is the same, even if we do the same thing, we're doing it for different reasons. Right. Understand that reason, then you know what to take to the Lord. You know how to go, God, help this part of me. I now have language to understand that this thing is driving me, motivating me. And 
some of it's healthy, but some of it's not. What do you want to do to refine me? How do you want to bring sanctification to my life? How can this become more like Jesus? I don't need to get rid of me. <laughs> I good. don't need to like just make my personality disappear. I just need to submit it to the Lord and say, what do you want to do? And I invite your leadership to come drive my driver. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so and good. Peace to my peacemaking. That's right. It's so good because I think, um, you know, one of the points that you just made was, um, you know, in the um, Enneagram or the Nexus profile, I mean, I think um, what you said is just spot on, like, I'm going to do something because I care about forward progress. And um, so as a solutionary, you're going to assess and solve. So if we have something that we need to do together, I'm going to um, say we have to buy insurance for our company. Um, I'm going to buy insurance because I want to maintain forward progress for my company. And I understand that if I don't have insurance and something happens, then there won't be forward progress for my company. And you could uh, want to buy it for a completely different reason, because as a solutionary, you need to assess and solve. So you need to think about any future problems that might be coming down the pipe that would hinder uh, a proper um, assessment of the situation and not only that, but a solution. So you're going to, and we could decide to purchase from the same insurance agent, the same policy, but for two completely different reasons. And so I love that as we um, dig deeper into this, uh, as, as we take these, um, we're, we're just basically doing a self-assessment, like we want to be self-aware. And so many people don't even understand about self-awareness, but the Bible clearly tells, um, tells us, you know, um, uh, well, in Psalm 139, it says, uh, search me and know me, O God. Um, so there's this uh, process of, you know, looking inside of ourselves and knowing ourselves. Um, we want the Lord to search us and know us, but we also want to um, understand the the way that we work so that we can walk in the fullness of our calling. And really what that boils down to is God asking us to agree with who he created us to be. <laughs> what he's right. not, he's, he's asking us, um, he's not really asking us to work for him. He's, he's asking us to work with him. He's asking us to believe and agree with who he says we are and, and to do the things that he's shown us to do. So all of those tools are, are leading us toward our, our purpose in our lifetime, which is what we're talking about today. Like, how do we get there? How do we, how do we understand? Like we take our own assessment. We uh, read the word, we seek and ask the Lord. We think about what do we like to do? What, what makes my boat float? You know, what makes my engine go? And, um, I think uh, so a lot of times we think about those things and we're not sure, well, that's just what I like to do. Well, why do you like to do it? Because the truth is God put that inside of your heart before you were born. It's not just something you decided you like to do. It's a thing because we were all, again, well, we could say it a million times. We were made on purpose for a purpose. 
and discovering what that purpose is, is aligning ourselves with who God says we are, reading his word to understand, you know, that we're supposed to know him and make him known and love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and do the things that he does, that we only do what we see him doing. And then we go, hmm, well, how am I like him? I mean, what are, because we all have attributes of our father. So what are ours, you know, um, as, a, a, you know, like people who, who nurses and doctors and first responders, they, they, they have God's attribute of compassion. Like they care about other people. They, they have this innate thing in them that to help people when they're lost or hurting or broken, um, as, uh, I want to help people walk in the fullness of their calling. I, I can see when people aren't walking in the fullness of their calling and I want to say, get up, let's go, <laughs> you know, and you want to, and you want to help people in the, in their calling because you can look at a person or you can listen. You have this gift of listening and um, as a solutionary assessing and solving what a person, how, where a person is stuck. That's one thing that I've always just loved about you is that you have this, this innate um, thing that's built inside of you to listen to a person to um, sit down with them. And you know how to ask the right questions to get to the heart of where a person's stuck and how what they need to move forward. And those are all attributes of God, because he does that he he knows he can tell us where we're stuck and help us to move forward when we you know, go, Hey, God, help. Uh, that's, you know, <laughs> that can be a great stuck. prayer. <laughs> I don't like being stuckness. stuck either. <laughs> I don't think God likes stuckness. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to get us, he wants to get us untrapped and unstuck. And I want to do that with him. And, you know, I think when you think about it in that way, what is it you love to do? Mm -hmm. Well, I love to help people get unstuck. You mm -hmm. love to see people, you love to help people get aligned into mm -hmm. truth, right? Add the words with God. Yeah. <laughs> with dad. Like I want to yeah. help, I want to help my dad get people unstuck. You want to help with dad go get people into truth. Like doing the things that they're called to, walking in their fullness and like we want to go do it, but we want to do it with God. We don't want to build our own kingdom. We don't want to do it our own way. We want to go do it with our dad. And I think that is the crux of wanting to know our identity and purpose is because we want to be with our dad and we want to be like our dad. And if we saw that and we said everything that we do, we want to go do it with our dad. We want to do it for him out of a place of love from a place of sonship, not slavery. We want to go be with him and do it with him and be like him in it. And then like, let that expression of whatever it is we do reveal him and make him known in the earth, you know, going back to like, how do we weave our primary purpose of knowing God and making him known into our secondary purpose? Like, how does our secondary purpose undergird and like support and give give fruit to the primary purpose you know the not no knowing god and making him known as our primary purpose does it support and encourage our secondary purpose like 
being a solutionary and bringing unity and connecting people, it does. But my solutionary gifting, my calling to connect things and uh, to help people get unstuck, my calling as a coach and a wife and a mom and a friend and a daughter, all of that is the way that my primary purpose of knowing God and making him known, that's how it manifests. Like it's these specific callings actually support the release and the revealing of the character of my dad in my life. So the world can go see him. I want to go look more like Jesus, but then I have to go be out, let the world see me looking like Jesus so they can see him through me and know him, you know, because I'm inviting God to work in me and through me. You know what I mean? So I love this whole conversation. I so appreciate you doing this series with me. I love your heart for uh, identity and purpose coaching with people. And I love that you are learning and coaching with the Nexus profile. Um, I love the concept of that. And even using that alongside of the Enneagram and all of these other things, there's the Myers-Briggs, there's strengths finders, there's the four tendencies. There's so many things out there in the world different types of assessments and things that you can do to learn more about you. I don't think one is the only one. I think that it's a really beautiful stream of um, language that we can all pursue to kind of bring together and cultivate and understand, you know, I like the Myers-Briggs still, even though it's been around for such a long time, but my husband and I are completely the opposite of each other. You know, I'm an, uh, INTP, I think. And then he is an <coughs> ESFJ, or I don't even remember. <laughs> no, he, I'm an E, I'm ENTP, and he's ISFJ. He's the introvert, I'm the extrovert. That right there, understanding just those two pieces inside of a relationship with anybody explains so much knowing that I am motivated and energized by being with people. He is energized by being alone. Just that explains things, understanding the motivation behind why you do things. It, ex it explains things in relationships. Like all of these tools, understanding more about yourself can help really navigate conflict that's unnecessary in relationships and in your life overall, you know? Yeah, so good. I think that's why there's so many different kinds of these tests, you know, because there's so many, um, some people, just people just learn in different ways. And so there's a variety of things that can help lead us into, um, into the fullness of who we are, into the fullness of our calling, into our original design, however we want to say it. Um, there's, there's an awareness that's brewing in the earth and at this time for us to um, know more about ourselves and learn how to um, know more about other people. And so that we can, you know, get, get along and, you know, live, live together in unity and harmony and all, all of those words that we want to use, um, you know, come down for, uh, to us as believers to know God and to make him known, to love the Lord, your God with their heart, soul, mind, and strength and your neighbor as yourself. Um, so, so that we can make a difference in the earth because we're 
here for such a time as this. We're made on purpose for a purpose and we're called um, to make a difference. So true. So good. So thanks for coming on. Really appreciate the conversations we've had. And um, I'll put a link to the Nexus profile in the show notes. If anybody in the listeners want to check that out and also some recommendations of places you can take Enneagram assessments and learn more about that. So, um, well, how about Patty, would you just do a quick prayer for all of our listeners about that are really looking to seek out their true, uh, their ultimate purpose, their unique identity and the relationship with their father? Yeah, for sure. Thank you. So Lord, we just say thank you for today. We thank you, Lord, for this podcast that would um, help us to understand the fullness of our calling and our original design and why we were put here for such a time as this. And Lord, to all those who are asking and seeking and knocking, I just pray that uh, doors would be open, God, to uh people finding their purpose, their design, their identity in you. And um, yeah, we just thank you for all of the ways that um, we can come into your presence, Lord, and lean not on our own understanding, but in all of our ways, acknowledge you and you'll direct our paths. So yeah, just thank you, Lord, for helping us on this journey to find out who we were called to be in you, in Jesus name. Amen. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks, Patty. Have a great day. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening. And I want to remind you to go jump into the Christian Life Coach Collective Facebook group. That way you can grab all the free tools that are there and enjoy a great community of coaches. And if you found this free content on the podcast helpful in any way, please take 60 seconds to go to the Apple Podcast app on any iPhone and scroll down to give a five-star rating and write me a review because it's the best way to say thanks and let me know you're loving the show. Have a great one.